We've on about Mother's Day, and I think at the moment we do need to cherish Mother's Day because there's so many people out there who are trying to abolish the word mother. I know of hospitals where they're not allowed to call them mothers and schools where they're not allowed to use the word. And I think the person who gave birth to me just doesn't have the same ring on the front of a card as Happy Mother's Day. So we've got to try and keep going this tradition. We don't want to see Mother's Day die out. We don't want to know that you can't use the word mother and you can't use any gender names and it's, it's, it's just wrong and we need to fight it. All right. Many of us here are mothers and I remember the time I had with my mother with great fondness. However, I always decided when I had Eleanor that I was not going to be like my mother. Right, because my mum was, we, we didn't have a lot of money but we were happy. But if you asked for anything, the answer was no. Without fail, the answer was no. And I thought, well, why? It's not ask, I'm not asking for money, I just want to go somewhere. But my mum was very, very overprotective. You were cotton wool all around you. You couldn't go anywhere unless she went with you. And it was a bit annoying. So I thought, Eleanor, I'm not going to be overprotective. And what am I? Overprotective. So you worry about them and you will worry about them for the rest of your life. Now, next Saturday, she flies off to Turkey on her own with work, business class doing a job. First time she's gone away abroad on her own. She's not worried, but I am. I just still am getting like my mum. I hear my mum voice in my head. Sometimes when I laugh, I think that just sounds like my mum. And then my mum, as I say, always said no to everything. When she had grandchildren, she used to say, if my brother or I said no, she used to say, what are you doing? Why say no when you can say yes? And we used to go, mum. We used to get no from you every single time, but grandchildren are different to the point that she bought a plaque saying, if I knew grandchildren were this much fun, I'd have had them first. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm not quite sure where this all goes. Anyway, they, you do worry for life, um, and I will look, worry for Eleanor for all her life, but I've got a quote here. Thank you, Zoe. It's a quote from a 102-year-old lady who was asked if she had any worries. Her reply was, no, not now my youngest son is in an old people's home. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and that is a true quote. I'm thinking, we never ever are going to get released from this worry of looking after our children. So it doesn't matter what age you are, you don't stop worrying, and I'm sure you can all attest to that. Right. Today on Mothering Sunday, I am going to look at mothers in the Bible and the qualities they had, right? And as a mother, you need lots and lots of qualities. I would say one of the main ones you need is patience, because if you haven't got patience, it can be um, difficult and unpleasant at times. But patience is a blessing, but you also need other things as well. Now, I'm going to go through... 10 mothers in the Bible, but I'm going to do the first seven very quickly because I want to concentrate on the last three. But to intersperse it, so liven it up a bit, the fathers are not going to like this. I have got some Mother's Day jokes. Okay. And the first one is a child says to their mom, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm cold. I'm hot. Can I have this? Can I go there? Where are you? 
a child says to their dad, where's mom? <laughs> Quite true, I think. Right. So, Mothers of the Bible. I'm going to reveal them like on TV in no particular order, but I'm not going to leave the big gap of suspense in between. So, the mothers I'm going to talk about today is a pick. The first one, I've had to put number one. It's Mary, mother of Jesus, obviously. I cannot put her anywhere other than number one. Number two is Jochebed. Number three is Rebecca, Eve, Hagar, Bathsheba. And then I've cheated and put Leah and Rachel together because otherwise I would have had 11. Um, then Sarah, Elizabeth and Hannah. Okay, so we're going to start off with Mary, mother of Jesus. And we all know, I mean, all of these people you're familiar with, and I'm not going to tell you anything new. It's just that this is what mothers of the Bible are. Right. So, Mary, the mother of Jesus, chosen as part of God's plan for the redemption of mankind. Now, Mary was only any age between 13 and 16 when she was visited by the angel Gabriel. He doesn't actually tell you the, the age in the Bible, but that is what they think. And in today's standards, that's still a child. And without her, Christianity wouldn't exist. We wouldn't have the wonderful time that we have at Christmas celebrating the birth of Jesus. We wouldn't have this church. We wouldn't have anything that we've got now. And the qualities of her were she was trusting. She trusted. It would have been very, very um, scandalous for what she had to go through. But she trusted in God. She was brave. She did a journey on a donkey. She was faithful, she was willing, and she was honest. And she was loving, and she always loved and had many more children afterwards. Now, I said the first seven I'm going through quick, right? Number two, Jochebed, a wise woman who was righteous and God-fearing. And can we say any more? She gave birth to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, three great leaders. And she could not have been a mother at a worst possible time with the proclamation from Pharaoh that all the Hebrew baby boys had got to be killed. But she was brave. She decided to conceal Moses for three months after he was born. If she'd been found, there would have been consequences. She was faithful and courageous. She was faithful to God because she had the strength to put Moses in a basket in the river. And she was self-controlled because she went as a paid nurse to look after a child that was her own, but let believe that it was somebody else's child. So she had all the qualities that she needed to bring up a child that she was not supposed to be the mother of. Number three, Rebecca, wife of Isaac. She was the mother of twins, Esau and Jacob. And Rebecca had faith. She had faith, first of all, to leave her country and marry a man she had never met. Now, I know we've got loads and loads of dating apps now I hate them I really hate these online dating apps I think they're the worst thing that was ever invented um, but she had never even met the person and she went to marry him she was dominant she was more assertive than her husband she was more assertive than Isaac he was laid back she was go get it yeah she was manipulative <laughs> and she did use sinful means to try to fulfill God's promise. I mean, God's promise was the older shall serve the younger. So Rebecca's choice to lie and deceive her husband shows how wrongdoing by Christians will not hinder God's plans. 
So no matter what we do wrong, it's not going to stop what God wants to be done. Number four, Eve, the mother of everyone. So she carried out, this is a strange one, she carried out the nurturing duties of a mother without any example to guide her. So she was there with a birth. She hadn't got any nurses. She hadn't got any midwives. She hadn't got any mother to tell her, this is how you look after a child. So she looked after her children as best she could just by what she thought. So she was intelligent. She was rational. She was ambitious. She was brave. And again, she was manipulative. And she did have some good things. So she was the mother of all mankind, but she's also to blame for childbirth being so painful from her deceit, which is not so good. All right. Then we've got Hagar. Hagar was given to Abraham by Sarah to bear him a child, Ishmael. She's also the first person in the Bible to be visited by an angel. She was obedient because she obeyed Sarah, then the angel. She was brave to set out on a trip far from home. She was faithful because she had faith when she saw the angel. Turn over. Bathsheba. One of the wives of King David and mother of Samuel. So when David met her, he already had six wives and many multiple concubines. Yet none of these women measured up to God's standards. So God knew that he wanted the line to go through David, but none of the women were suitable to be the mother of the future king. Bathsheba was highly educated in God's law. She was faithful to God, and she ensured that Solomon became David's successor. So when David died, she fought like tooth and nail to make sure that Solomon was his successor. Okay, number seven, Michi. I've got two. Leah and Rachel. Okay, the original love triangle. Lots of films can be made, and it is. Leah, this is the, the big point here. Leah was jealous of Rachel because of her good looks and because Jacob's love for Rachel was greater than his love for her. But Rachel was jealous of Leah because she had been able to bear him four sons, eventually six, and she hadn't. But both created, both of them, the 12 tribes of Israel. Leah was loyal to Jacob and faithful to God, and Rachel was loyal to her husband during her father's deception. Because if you remember, he had to work an extra seven years after the seven to get Rachel to be his wife. The inability to bear a child is a common theme in the Bible. Barrenness was considered a disgrace as it was a duty and a calling of women to provide their husbands with children, especially sons to keep the line going. But time and time again, we see women having great faith in God and God rewards them with a child. And that still happens today. All right. Now, one that I'm going on to in more detail because these are the ones that were barren and that God did give the children to. So Sarah's name means princess. She was a beautiful woman. So when 
Abram. I don't know whether to call him Abram and change it to Abram or just stick with Abram all the way through. I think I'll just stick with Abram all the way through. And Sarah left Canaan to go to Egypt. He was scared that he would be killed because she was so beautiful that someone else wanted to take him, take her as his wife. And so he made a promise that she would say she was his sister. So I've got a, the Bible verse, Genesis 12, 11 to 13. I know what a beautiful woman you are when the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but will let you live. Say you are my sister, so that I will be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. So Sarah goes before Pharaoh and says that Abraham, or to, and says that Abraham is her brother, and he instructed her to do it, showing obedience to her husband. So Sarah got obedience. After the truth comes out, however, that she is the, the, the wife of Abraham. Pharaoh rejects them both and they both go from Egypt back to Canaan. Sarah is unable to bear children, even though God's promised Abraham he would make him a great nation. Now, Sarah was impatient and decided she didn't want all this, oh, Abraham's got no, no son to live on, it's a disgrace, whatever. So decided not to wait for God, but to take matters into her own hands. She offered Hagar a maid as a wife so that he could have a child. So Genesis 16 to 2. So she said to Abraham, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agrees that that's when the trouble starts, because there's then bitter fighting between the two women because the one is bitter because um, the Hagar's having a child and Rachel is bitter because she says Hagar no longer shows her any loyalty or respect. So she runs away. So Hagar leaves when she's visited by the angel and the angel tells Hagar to go back. Now Abraham was 86 when Ishmael was born and when he's 99 he's told that Sarah will will have a son. And Abraham laughed and fell to the floor. But God said, yes, but your wife Sarah will bear a son and you will call him Isaac. Not long after, Sarah and Abraham were visited by people and one told them that Abraham, in a year's time, Sarah will have a son. Sarah overhears and laughs. She's an old woman. However, soon after the visit, Sarah does become pregnant and has a son as God has promised. In time, Isaac would become the father of Jacob and God's promise to Abraham to father a nation would be realised. God also kept his promise, even when, keeps his promises even when they look impossible. So although Sarah was impatient, which had caused problems with Hagar, she was obedient and faithful. And in the end, they got the sons of Israel. Okay. Joke. <laughs> Mothers with teenagers know what animals eat their young. Okay. Number nine, Elizabeth. In Hebrew, Elizabeth means my God is an oath. And Elizabeth, the wife of Zechariah, is Mary's cousin. Again, same old barren story. Elizabeth has never been able to have children and was way past childbearing age. 
In Luke 1, 6-7, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commands and commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old. I think I need new teeth. Now as a priest, Zechariah was chosen to enter the temple of the Lord where he would be visited by the angel, Gabriel. As we know, who told him that their prayer had been heard and that Elizabeth would bear him a son and he would call him John. Because he did not believe God, Gabriel's word and ultimately God's word, he was unable to speak until the birth. So Elizabeth conceived and kept herself hidden for five months until she visited by her cousin Mary. Now when Elizabeth gave birth, everyone thought he would be called Zechariah. But Elizabeth said, no, John. She was the mother of the prophet who would prepare the way for Jesus Christ. So Elizabeth was righteous, obedient, faithful and patient. She was a comfort to Mary. What we learn from Elizabeth is that faithfulness does not go unseen by God nor unrewarded. In all her years of waiting, of serving and worshipping in faith, Elizabeth may have wondered if God even noticed her. The truth is, he's watching us all along. Though the long the, the wait may be long, God will fulfill his purpose to each of us. This one's a long one. I hope I don't offend fathers in all these jokes. <clears throat> a little girl asked her mom, how did the human race appear? Mom answered, God made Adam and Eve and they had children and so all mankind was made. Next day, the dad the girl asked her dad the same question. Dad answered, many years ago there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. Confused, the girl returned to her mum and said, how is it possible that you told me the human race was created by God and dad told me they developed from monkeys? Ah, said the mum, well it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family and your father told me his. <laughs> Only one more joke after this. <laughs> right, number 10, Hannah. This is the one who impresses me the most, really. So the book of Samuel tells the story of Hannah, a young woman married to Elkanah, and I'm not sure I'll pronounce all these words right. They loved each other greatly, but again, Hannah could not conceive. So again, at Hannah's request, Elkanah took another wife. And this is the one I can't pronounce. As you can see, this is a commonplace. Peninnah, Peninnah gave birth to several sons and daughters, but Elkanah still loved Hannah more than Peninnah, who thought that bearing children would win her husband's love. So both women suffered grief. Hannah, because she was barren and wanted to present a son to her husband, and Peninnah because she wanted the love of her husband. Peninnah constantly mocked Hannah for her inability to have children, but Hannah showed great grace and dignity and just continued to pray for a child. So she visited the temple and was in distress while praying and seen by Eli the priest. She promised that if God gave her a son, she would give him back to the priest, which is 1 Samuel 1 verse 11. O Lord of heaven's armies, 
if you will look upon my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he is being dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. God honoured Hannah's patience and she gave birth to Samuel, who at the age of three she dedicated to God's service. Then Hannah went on to have three more sons and two daughters. Hannah trusted God without doubt and her faith was unwavering. Okay, too close. Everybody experiences circumstances that cause grief. You can't get through your life without causing grief. I've had a particularly tough two years. I don't want to go into it, but I have, but I'm getting through it now. Um, God knows our hearts and our trust in him is never displaced. We just need patience. From looking at the biblical women, we can see that motherhood and the road to motherhood can be fraught with difficulties. Sometimes these women acted in a way we would not consider particularly Christian or moral. However, we see that everything they did, they did for their children, a part of motherhood that's never changed. As mothers, we worry about whether we've done the best for our children, compare ourselves to others, or face le being lectured by others about how to look after them. But we know that the most important thing is loving our children and that love is the best gift we can give. Final joke. Sorry, men. A child asks his dad, what's a man? The dad says, a man is someone who is responsible and cares for his family. The child says, I hope one day I can be a man just, I can be a man and just like mum. <laughs> and hopefully I'm not out of time just a prayer okay we thank you Lord that you made each of us in our mother's wombs and on this Mother's Day may we love and cherish all the special women who have nurtured us but also remember all the women at this time who are separated or have lost their children including those in Ukraine and all the other parts of the world where it's worn, torn or Misery. Amen.